All right. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to those of you online. Glad you could make it today. We're excited to have everyone here. All right. Um, I don't know where the basket's at. It's probably still downstairs. Um, same. There is the uh, metal can right back there. We could just use that today. All right. Uh, everybody stand up. All right. Everybody stick your right hand in the air. All right. Who wants to be generous today? Woohoo! Look at all of you. Yeah. Love the enthusiasm. All right. You guys can sit down. <laughs> um love generosity. If you're ever in a place where um, where you're having a hard time with money, finances, anything's coming up where you're starting to hold on tightly to what it is that uh, God is providing to you in the area of finances, give some away. It's always helpful to uh, to give some away and be generous. So, Zane's coming around. Thanks, everyone, for participating with me on that. Uh, for those of you online, if you'd like to give, you can do so at the website, uneditedlife.org. There's a Give button there, um, and you can give online. You can even set that up for recurring giving. All right. We are in our series called Kingdom Currency. And last week we talked about inheritance. Who remembers that? Anybody? It was really good. Inheritance, it's such a, a, a difficult concept for us to think about kingdom-wise just because of what we've seen in the natural. We've seen that you have to wait for death to be able to get an inheritance, and that's just not the case for us. There was a death, Jesus's, right? But there was also a resurrection. And now we have inheritance. We have access to it right now. Like Jeff said, not just a portion, the whole enchilada, right? And that's everybody. Yeah, you're hungry now. Instantly hungry, right? Enchiladas. There you go. And so it's important to remember that because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have access to our inheritance now. And so I would hope you'd want to celebrate that. So it, go ahead right now. Celebrate. Let's go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Right? Thank you. We can't say it enough. Can't say thank you, Jesus, enough for what he did for us on our behalf without your permission, right? So today we were talking about the tangibles. And, and what we're talking about when it comes to the tangibles are those things that you can take hold of because you have access, right? The signs, wonders, miracles, all those things that Jesus did that he said we would be able to do and do even greater works than those, right? Anybody remember that? Anybody at all? Okay, good. Glad some of you did. All right, and with that, you know, we have not just a responsibility, but we, have, we get to share those things with others. 
Those things that we get to see, those signs, wonders, miracles, we get to share that with everyone. So you have a testimony, right? Who has a testimony in here? Anybody have a testimony of seeing something done, uh, signs, wonders, and miracles? This thing is really like just falling off today. Um, okay, where was I? Okay, um, who has a testimony about that? Anybody, right? Anybody? Yes? Good. Glad some of you do. I would like to get to a place where everybody can uh, have something to point to to say, this is what I have seen happen. This is what's happened in my life, or this is what I've observed happening in somebody else's life directly through a prayer that you have done, you have prayed, something you've declared. And we're going to, we're going to, uh, go into a time of ministry when I get done here today and, and really start to press in for that. I really want everybody to be able to grab hold of something tangible to say, this is what Jesus has done on my behalf. That's the power of testimony, right? One of the things we need to confront, though, to get there is unbelief. We have to confront the fact that there is uh, unbelief in our lives that keeps us in a place from saying, yes, I have faith for those things, that I can step into that right now and say, for sure, I believe this is going to happen today. I believe that John's knee is going to get healed today. Anything. Anything that you can you can think of in your mind. Do you have faith for it? it it's this is yes, chance to us. Thank you. The unbelief problem is something that needs to be addressed over and over again. Anytime you start to question something, not in a way to have conversation with Holy Spirit about it, but in a way that strikes at your faith. It needs to be confronted. So I want to read through Romans 11 today, and and it talks about the the confronting of unbelief in there, and and we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. So we're going to read through this, and we're just going to go. We're just going to read through the whole thing here. Okay, Romans 11. So then I ask you this question. Did God really push aside and reject his people? Absolutely not. For I myself am a Jew, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his chosen, destined people. Haven't you heard Elijah's testimony in the scriptures and how he prays to God agonizing over Israel? Lord, they've murdered your prophets. They've demolished your altars. Now I'm the only one left and they want to kill me. But what was the revelation God spoke to him in response? You are not alone, for I have preserved a remnant for myself, 7,000 others who are faithful and have refused to worship Baal. And that is but one example of what God is doing in this age of fulfillment. For God's grace empowers his chosen remnant. And since it is by God's grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but earned by human effort. I just want to make note of the fact that each one of us has been given gifts. Right? Yes? Can we agree on that? Good. Everybody has been given a gift by God. 
your unbelief is going to hold that gift down. Because you're not going to take it out. You're not going to use it. You're not going to continually see your faith built up through using your gifts. When we talk about inheritance and thinking about the prodigal son, he went out and spent his inheritance and squandered it away. That's what the Bible says, right? He squandered it away. For us, with our gifts and what it is that God has given us, we squander it away through inaction by not using it. That's how we squander it away. You didn't earn the gifts, they were given to you. There's no boasting in the fact that you earned them. The boast is in, God gave me this gift and I'm going to use it. Paul goes on, so then Israel failed to achieve what it had strived for. But the divinely chosen remnant receives it by grace. While the rest were hardened and unable to receive the truth, just as it was, just as it is written, God granted them a spirit of deep slumber. He closed their eyes to the truth and prevented their ears from hearing up to this very day. And King David also prophesied this. May their table prove to be a snare and a trap to cause their ruin. Bring them the retribution they deserve. Blindfold their eyes and don't let them see. Let them be stooped over continually. Paul's setting up here that God didn't forget his promises to Israel. He does not forget his promises to his people. And he's laying that out here. And he's going to start moving into the restoration of Israel. He's going to start moving into, yes, they were, those who weren't Jews were rebellious. But it's starting to flip-flop. He's starting to lay out the transition there that brings all of us in and shows you and proves to you that you are part of the family, that you have been grafted in. So that's what he's setting up here by talking about this. Verse 11, so am I saying that Israel stumbled so badly that they will never get back up? Certainly not. Rather, it was because of their stumble that salvation now extends to all the non-Jewish people in order to make Israel jealous and desire the very things that God has freely given them. Freely given to everyone, even to the Jews that were rejecting Jesus. It says, so if all the world is being greatly enriched through their failure and through their fall, great spiritual wealth is given to the non-Jewish people. Imagine how much more will Israel's awakening bring to us all. Now I speak to you who are not Jewish, since I am an apostle to reach the non-Jewish people. And I draw attention to this ministry as much as I can when I am among the Jews, hoping to make them jealous of what God has given to those who are not Jews, winning some of my people to salvation. What he's given to you is vast. Right? There's, there's no end to it. The kingdom goes on forever. We have eternity to explore that and start now. Don't wait. Right? You've heard it said numerous, numerous times. Death is not your savior, right? Right? Yes? Yes. Death is not your savior. Start spending your inheritance now. The gifts that God's given you, get them out and use them. 
Verse 15, for if their temporary rejection released the reconciling power of grace into the world, what will happen when Israel is reinstated and reconciled to God? It will unleash resurrection power throughout the whole earth. Since Abraham and the patriarchs are consecrated and set apart for God, so also will their descendants be set apart. If the roots of a tree are holy and set apart for God, so too will be the branches. Something I want you to remember right there, I want you to remember that the roots of the tree, if they're holy and set apart for God, that's what's feeding the rest of the tree. So the branches that come off of that tree are also going to be set apart for God. However, some of the branches have been pruned away, and you, who were once nothing more than a wild olive branch, God has grafted in, inserting you among the remaining branches as a joint partner to share in the wonderful richness of the cultivated olive stem. Paul made a switch here and intentionally starts using the word you. He wants to speak to the individual here. He wants to make sure that you catch what it is that God did for you. Once nothing more than a wild olive branch, he grafted you in, inserting you among the remaining branches as a joint partner. He didn't graft you in to just be grafted in. If you choose to just be grafted in, that's fine. He's not going to love you any less, but there is more there for you. If he has grafted you in as a joint partner, that means there is action that you can take to partner with him, to partner with what it is that he has gifted you, to partner with what it is that he is calling you into. You get to share in the wonderful richness of the cultivated olive stem. So it's not just wild and growing out of control, right? God's pruning away the things that don't belong anymore, the things that aren't bringing life, the things that aren't nourishing you. Keep in mind, any of those things that are are holding you in unbelief, he's wanting to prune away. You can try and hold on to it, but it's a fight. It's going to be a fight to try and hold on to that. Because right now, any of those things that he's highlighting to you, you're not going to be able to hold on to them as easy anymore because you see that it's something he wants you to let go of, that he wants to remove from your life because there's goodness for you on the other side of that. He's not doing anything just to be mean. And to, to say, oh, you like this thing and I want to pull it away from you. Just because you have an attachment for it doesn't mean that it's something that's good for you. And God's going to cause all things to work for you good, right? Verse 18, so don't be so arrogant as to believe that you are superior to the natural branches. There's no reason to boast for the new branches. Don't support the root. But you owe your life to the root that supports you. You might begin to think that some branches were pruned or broken off just to make room for you. Yes, that's true. They were removed because of their unbelief. But remember this, you are only attached by your faith. 
So don't be presumptuous, but stand in awe and reverence. This is something else that, that we need to get a hold of, the awe and reverence. Standing in awe and reverence of God. It, it's, it's something that we, we can take for granted. We can take for granted the vastness of who God is. The fact that everything is just all inside of him, the entire universe. Every created thing is in God. It, it doesn't exist apart from Him, right? Yes? I'm going to keep asking so y'all get lively and start jumping around in awe and reverence. I don't mind. Go ahead. If, if, that's, if it strikes you, go for it. Since God didn't spare the natural branches that fell into unbelief, Excuse me. Since God didn't spare the, uh, the natural branches that fell into unbelief, perhaps He won't spare you either. So fix your gaze on the simultaneous kindness and strict judgment of God. Fix your gaze on the simultaneous kindness and strict judgment of God. Seems kind of a paradox there, right? That He's both kind and judging strictly at the same time. This has been something we've been talking about for months. Yes? We've seen what happens. We've, we've seen when he calls us into that strict judgment. But it's not unkindness that he's doing so. It's because he loves us. He loves you that he calls you up and says, this has to stop. We want to, we want to move forward. He wants to move forward from there. Since how severely he treated those who fell into unbelief, yet how tender and kind is his relationship with you. So keep on trusting in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. God is more than ready to graft back into the natural, in the natural branches when they turn from clinging to their unbelief to embracing faith. For if God grafted you in, even though you were taken from what is by nature a wild olive tree, how much more can he reconnect the natural branches by inserting them back into their own cultivated olive tree? My beloved brothers and sisters, I want to share with you a mystery concerning Israel's future. For understanding this mystery will keep you from thinking you already know everything. A partial and temporary hardening to the gospel has come over Israel which will last until the full number of non-Jews has come into God's family. And then God will bring all of Israel to salvation. There's something that struck me there. God will bring. God will do it. Yes, he partners with us to advance the kingdom. He partners with us in what it is that he's calling us to do. In in doing works for the kingdom. But the fact remains that, that God is, is doing things on our behalf, and he has done things on our behalf. We can't forget that. If you go back to the word for 2023, you're going to see in there over and over and over again what God says that he is going to do.
yes, he gives us some actions in there that we are to take to partner with what it is that he's doing. But there are very specific things that he is doing. And don't miss that. Don't miss the fact that he says he's doing things and, and I don't want us to jump in and try and do what God says that he is going to do. Because it's just not going to work out like you think it will. Let God do what it is that he wants to do or what he's going to do. Okay, it goes on. It says, the prophecy will be fulfilled that says, coming from Zion will be the Savior, and he will turn Jacob away from evil. For this is my covenant promise with them when I forgive their sins. Now many of the Jews are opposed to the gospel, but their opposition has opened the door of the gospel to you who are not Jewish. Yet they are still greatly loved by God because their ancestors were divinely chosen to be his. And when God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to him, they are never rescinded. Don't you just love that? When God chooses someone and graciously imparts gifts to them, they're never rescinded. They're never taken back. Any gifts that God's given you, he's not going to take them back. They're yours. You who are not Jews were once rebels against God, but now, because of their disobedience, you have experienced God's tender mercies. And now they are the rebels. And because of God's tender mercies to you, you can open the door to them to share in and enjoy what God has given to us. Actually, God considers all of humanity to be prisoners of their unbelief so that he can unlock our hearts and show his tender mercies to all who come to him. He wants to show you tender mercy. In those things where he's popping up something or showing you something that that has you stuck in unbelief, it's okay. It's okay to bring that to him. He's unlocking that. And he wants to show you tender mercy. He says to all that are going to come to him. Don't believe the lie that that God doesn't want to, to break things off. That things that are keeping you stuck or holding you back, that he won't, he won't break off to you. That, that that's too much. Don't believe that lie. He wants to show you tender mercy. It's just a matter of turning to him and bringing it to him. It says, who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of his wisdom, and the marvel of his perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of his decisions or search out the mystery, mysterious way he carries out his plans? says, for who has discovered how the Lord thinks or is wise enough to be one to advise him in his plans? Or who has ever first given something to God that obligates God to owe him something in return? I love these questions that who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of his wisdom, the marvel of his perfect knowledge? 
Well, we have access to, to his spirit, right? You have access to his spirit living in you that you can start to explore these things. You can start to unlock some of the mysteries that are out there. This is part of your inheritance. This is part of what you have access to. You can start to pull down solutions to things that the world needs. Any problem that the world has, you can pull down the solution. He's given you that access. You gotta explore it. You gotta jump into it. We may not be able to explain the wonder of his decisions or search out the mysterious way he carries out his plans, but you can partner with him. You can be a part of him. Right? Yes? All right. Verse 36, for out of him, the sustainer of everything, came everything. And now everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Everything finds fulfillment in him. As believers, we know that we exist in him. and He exists in us. Yes? Yes, thanks. And, and there's there's fulfillment there. Everything is finding fulfillment. We, we know that um, the scripture says his word is not going to return void. It's not going to be left hanging out there unfulfilled. What God's calling you into, the gifts he's given you to use in that calling, that calling is going to be fulfilled some way by someone. Why not you? Why not press into what it is he's giving you or what it is he has given you and done for you and use it? Why not today? Why not pray for somebody today Yes, thank you, Chance. Why not pray for somebody today? Use your gifts and see healing. Yes. Why not? Mm-hmm. He's ready. He's eager. Yes. Unbelief. Is there any unbelief that's popping up in you right now about being able to pray over someone and see healing? Being able to pray, being able to pray over someone and see breakthrough. And, and I'm not talking about this prayer of, oh, please come and do something. No. Exercising your authority and making declarations. Releasing blessing. Releasing the power of the kingdom over someone's life. Speaking into their situation because you have access to the Holy Spirit. You have access to unlock mysteries. You have access to offer solutions, real solutions. And not just in, in some human program, no. I'm talking about solutions that are from the kingdom that you can actually declare 
over someone and see change instantly, instant change. That, that's my expectation when we do this. My expectation is, is that when you make a declaration over someone's life, that there is, there is an immediate effect there. Jesus didn't tell anybody, get up, take up your mat, and see it happen a week later, a month later, not even an hour later, right then. That's the expectation that I hold when I do that, that's the expectation that I hold for each of you. But you can't let unbelief hold you back from being able to access the tangible things that you can reach out and take hold of. So if there is anything, just deal with it. Bring it to the Holy Spirit, expose it to the light, and say, this is the thing that's holding me back right now. And let him show mercy on that. So what unbelief are you holding on to? That's my challenge for you. Then what are you doing about it? What are you going to do about it? Not what you should do about it, but what will you do? That's something I want you to be thinking about right now. Not just later this week, but right now. Because we're going to transition into a, a time of ministry and we're going to pray. We're going to pray over each other. And I'm holding an expectation that something is going to happen today. There's going to be a, a breakthrough. There's going to be a healing. Something. I don't know what yet. But it was interesting. A, a couple of weeks ago, I was on my way home. It might have been longer than that. I'm not good with, with time. Um, driving home and, and considering today and talking about an expectation of the tangibles, you know, the, what are the tangibles of the kingdom? And, and really it's the signs, wonders, miracles. And considering with Holy Spirit, you know, what it would look like to to just do that this morning, to just have that ministry time and pray and see what happens. And, and kind of having a level of expectation built up and, and hearing Holy Spirit say, uh, are you challenging me to do something that morning? And not in a way that was scolding in the question, but in a way that was kind of baiting me to say yes, so he could just show up and, and show off. I didn't answer immediately. I'll admit it. I was a little scared. I was a little scared to say yes, because then I have to follow through and, and stand up here and, and just go into that time with an expectation that he's going to move. Eventually I said yes. <laughs> it took some time. So that's what I want to do now. I, I want to move into a time of ministry. I want to be able to pray for everyone. I want to be able to see you pray for each other. 
and, and be in tune with what it is that God is saying to you. If, if he's saying something simple, just do that. Whatever it is he's showing you to do, do that. Whatever you hear him telling you to say, say that. Don't indulge on it. Don't draw it out. You don't have to make it super complicated or overly spiritual. You're not going to say something wrong. Right? We, we talk about this is a, a training, what, what do we say? Training hospital? Is that what we've called it? That's what we've called it in the past. But we're also talking about research and development here, right? Yes? Yes? Okay. Everybody's still awake? All right. Research and development. You can't develop anything without doing some research, without doing some uh, testing. Right, we have to actually do some experiments. Yes? So that's what we're doing today. We're going to do some, some research and development. We're going to experiment and see what it is that Holy Spirit shows up and does. Okay, so everybody stand up. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity this morning to come together to, to open ourselves up to whatever it is that you want to do. We're so thankful to be grafted into the family. We're so thankful to have access to the kingdom right now. We're so thankful that that what was done on our behalf was complete. We're grateful to be living in a time of fulfillment where we get to see great and wonderful things, that we get to be a part of that and share that experience. I'm just going to take a little bit of time and, and listen to, to hear what Holy Spirit has to say. I want you to be doing the same thing.
anyone having issues with lower legs, both lower legs to be specific, from just above the knee down? Anyone? You are? You are? All right. Hmm. Father, we thank you so much for, for healing. Right now I release over you healing, Hunter, that your legs would not have any pain or issues. I declare healing and wholeness over them in the name of Jesus. It's an act of faith. I just want you to start walking around, right? And, and, and just know that, that that's being healed right now. Are your legs hurting right now? Were they? No, not today. Okay. Something I want to talk about in that is your legs weren't hurting today, but if that pain comes back, just say out loud, I've been healed from this. There was uh, this summer, I had an experience uh, I have a, I used to have a real problem with heartburn, uh, diagnosed with, uh, I think it's called GERD. I don't know what it stands for, but anyways, it was really bad. And I was doing yard work one day, walking around the side of the house, and I just had an experience where I felt like I was being pulled up out of my body and kind of, um, got disoriented, but I could see myself still walking. And, I was having a really bad problem with, with my heartburn that day. And it was about to make me throw up. <laughs> it was that bad. And, uh, when that, when I had that experience, it, it only lasted for a couple of seconds. And when I kind of, I guess, came back in my body, whatever, uh, that's what it felt like. I felt like I was kind of stretched out and then pushed back in. But after that experience, um, I just knew that I was healed from that because it had instantly stopped in that moment. And since then, there's been a handful of times, four, maybe five times, where it's tried to come back, and I, I remind it that, no, I've been healed of that, and it instantly goes away. And so I, I know that that feeling that I was having in my lower legs just now is uh, something that is being healed or and is healed. And so it's just a reminder when... God releases a miracle over you, hold on to it. If you start to see or experience something where that's coming back, just declare, nope, this is no longer a problem. I feel like there are, are things being dropped into people right now. Like you have 
He's putting something on your heart to, to say to someone. Be bold. Don't hold it in. Just get up and go. Share. You don't need a microphone. God trusts you. So do I. Do the thing. Follow through with the picture it is that he's showing you. And say what it is that he's, he's telling you to say. Just go. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Yes. Yeah. Here, come on up here and share. Cleo wants to share a testimony, so um, we're going to make sure you're on and everything. One second, one second here. Okay, you should be good now. Okay. There well, we go. I'm noisy. Thank you. Uh, anyway, um, a long time ago, you know, I got the word that I was a melder of, of, of streams. And so I, while I was taking my sabbatical, I got to watching Kim Sheets, and I've known Dutch for 30 years of, you know, his teachings and stuff. So the other night, and I don't know, some of you know Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce was on with Dutch and Kim, 
and they did a prophetic thing last Friday evening. And, oh, I took notes, 50 pages, I think. But anyway, Chuck was talking about something and things that are coming and, and preparation and stuff. And he said, so stand up straight, straighten your back and stand up straight. Well, I woke up Friday morning with really bad sciatica pain. Um, and it gotten, I, I watched them, so therapists, physical therapists online and it said, lay on your stomach and it'll help it get better. Well, when I started to, there was, oh, I got like stabbed in my lower back, my leg. So like, that's not the way to do it. So right in the middle of his, of his pro prophetic talking, and he said, stand up straight, stand up straight. You know, he looks like a little Santa Claus. And he, he, um, he, he stopped and he said, anybody having back problems, they're healed now in the name of Jesus. And before the uh, program was over that evening, it was almost gone. And, and then Saturday morning, nothing. Totally healed. So, yeah. <laughs> Praise God. That's good. Still walking. Anybody else? I was just thinking about um, just how we can really get stuck in a rut of coming to church on Sunday. We do our week, however that hands out and then we come back and we do this again and I'm like God I don't want to get stuck in a rut you know I want I want to see you do what you do and then all of a sudden my mind went to the real purpose of us on this planet and it was sort of just a cool vision because I kind of stepped out of this time and went into like eternity time and my mind just went it was like a timeline and I went all the way to the beginning where, um, you know, the garden of Eden happened and all of that. And just in a flash, I kind of just went through the time and it was like, Oh my gosh, we were created here out of his love. You know, he, he wanted a people to love him and be loved by him and all those things. And, and that was our purpose. Then sin came, but then the cross came and he made a way. And so, when we go home today, it's not, okay, I just did session, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, really, I'm in this eternal timeline here, and my purpose is so big, and that's, you know, when we're being thankful for what God's done, we just need to step out of this now timeline and come back a second and be like, okay, God, look at the way you made through all of time, and look what we have to look forward to at this <laughs> You know what I mean? And so that was something. That's good. Is there a timing to his miracles? Mm hmm.
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's good. Um, is there a timing? I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm sure that God has a timing for some of these things, but I, I think the the continual will that will things start to happen and. and Yes, I, I, I do. I do believe that in a sense that that things uh, will start to snowball, and with that, one of the things that that I, I think about when we look at that, the, the things that either the, the quick healings or the things we've been contending for for long periods of time just start to happen. Um, that in your level of expectation. And, and what you intentionally set out to see happen, I, I think you are powerful enough to to make these things happen. Because of the authority and the dominion that you have as sons and daughters of God, this is what's available to you. So these these long periods of contending for for healings that we just haven't seen materialize in the natural yet. That doesn't mean we stop, but we also don't expect that they're not going to happen. Because, you know, we have had this saying written on a whiteboard downstairs uh, before we move it, you tend to experience what you expect. And, and I have a firm belief that that is true. If you expect bad things to happen, you are going to continually point to the evidence that the bad things are happening. If you continually expect to see good things, to see miracles, signs, and wonders, you're going to be able to point to and, and look at the evidence of that happening. Right? This isn't just some, uh, new age law of attraction thing. This is actual real kingdom, uh, kingdom life. This is just part of being a son and daughter is the authority and the dominion that you have access to all the things in the kingdom. Right? And so uh, when you talk about uh, the, the dominoes falling or, or just this continual snowball of miracle after miracle after miracle, if that's your expectation, that's what you're going to continually be seeing. Big, small, whatever it is, you're going to be able to point to those things over and over again and say, yes, that's that's my experience. That's that's my reality right there. Not not this other thing that the world is trying to get you off track of and, and say, no, that doesn't happen. That's not for our time anymore. You're going to even hear that in the church. That that being able to perform miracles and seeing these miraculous things happen, healings, whatever it is, happen. That that was for the the time when this was written. Right, or when this was lived out before it was written, that's not real. That's not the kingdom. That changes everything. 
if that's if that is true that we won't see these things happen and we should should not expect them to happen that changes the reality of the cross and we can't allow that so we have to continue to look at those things and, and say yes that is my expectation my expectation is signs wonders miracles whatever it is breakthrough that's what i expect to see happening in each and every one of your lives in my life Yet. Your shadow hasn't healed anybody yet, but it's going to. So when you're talking about declarations, I, I like that because um, regardless of whether we intentionally have said we are making a declaration about something, we have been de- making declarations all along. Throughout your entire life, whether you've realized it or not, the church has been making declarations to to say one thing or the other. Usually it's declaring something that's going to control somebody's life to keep them you know, docile and, and in the pond, keep you giving. What, what's the saying? Open the front door, but lock the back door. Keep people in, you know, because you don't want to let them go. What happens if you ignite somebody for Jesus and send them out? Well, they're not necessarily in your, your little pond anymore, your little uh, body. But, but that's, that's what's actually intended, right? Is to be lit on fire and take off like a rocket and have impact outside of the the little echo chamber, right? And, and when you take hold of, we can bring this back around to what we're talking about today with the tangibles. When you take hold of the tangibles of the kingdom and start to put those on display, it's going to have impact. It's going to have big impact. Whether or not you see the impact immediately doesn't change the fact that there is impact being made there. The, the declarations you make, the words you speak may have impact that you may never see. So, yes, power of life and death is in the tongue. You should take hold of that. You should take hold of that because that is part of your authority. I, I really, I really do hope you accept the challenge that you're going to look for any unbelief in your life and deal with it. Not just allow it to sit there. Not just allow it to, to fester and hold you back from using your gifts and stepping out into the calling that God is bringing you into. Yeah, healing people in Walmart, wherever it is you're at. Walking to your table in a restaurant. Be sensitive to what Holy Spirit's saying to you. Father, I thank you so much for what you're unlocking in, in each and every one of us. What it is that's been exposed this morning to the light that you're shining on it. To the boldness you're filling everybody with. 
We look forward to hearing the testimonies of exercising faith. We look forward to the testimonies of, of experience that people have had because they've chosen to simply believe that what you said is true. They've chosen to simply believe the authority that they have as your child. And I declare over each of us clear minds and a resolute will to walk out what it is that you're calling us to. In Jesus' name, amen.